welcome to 44 at 60. At a business event in early 2019, your host Trevor Lee foolishly agreed to run the 2021 Classic Quarter. A 44-mile ultramarathon on the coastal path from the UK's most southerly point, Lizard Village, to the UK's most westerly point, Land's End. This podcast follows Trevor's progress and will include contributions from seasoned ultra runners who will be offering Trevor lots of top tips and advice as he ventures forth on this ridiculous quest. And the podcast title? Well, it's 44 miles and yes, Trevor has a big birthday in 2021, but he'd rather not say which one it is. Okay, it's time to lace up the running shoes, load up on carbs and gels and get this show on the Cornish Coastal Path. So hello everybody, this is Trevor Lee with another episode of the 44 at 60 podcast. This is the podcast that's plotting my journey to the classic quarter. Now with me today, I've got someone who's a regular runner who's going to share with me some lots of tips and ideas. He's got tons of experience. It's the legendary Andy Goundry. Welcome to the show, Andy. Well, thank you much, Trevor. I've uh, been called many things, but uh, legendary's uh, never been one of them. <laughs> <laughs> now Andy and I go back a long way in, the, in our business connections. I first met Andy many, many years ago when he was, I think you were working, Andy, for a corporate agent at the time, I think. I was, a corporate estate right. agent, because yeah, Andy's yeah. a very uh, successful estate agent here in Truro, so here's a quick plug. If you need your, if you need to buy or sell a house in the Truro area, Goundries is the place to come to. And I was working as the sales director for the local papers, and Andy, you used to give me a really hard time over advertising rates, I seem to remember. <laughs> oh, I do, absolutely. Yeah, it's like anything, you, uh, you always want to get the best possible deal you can. <laughs> now then, anyway, we're not t- here to talk about business, we're here to talk about running. So, um, so tell me a little bit about your running career. Right, well, uh, interestingly, I, I, I played a lot of football and uh, various other sports initially, but uh, one of those things that you wake up on a Sunday morning in April and see everybody running the London Marathon, I just thought, I need to do that before I get to a certain age. So right. I decided that that was it. I was going to enter the ballot and see if I got in. And I was one of the rare events that uh, I got in for the very first ballot. So I wanted to do it before I was 40 and got to run the, the London Marathon at, at age 38. And here I am at 54. So it was a, wow. a few years ago, but wow. um, I was lucky enough to get in. So that was it. I just decided to train for, for, for the London Marathon and... Uh, so apart from your that. football, were you actually were you doing any specific running before you got the, the no, nod of the no, London Marathon? None at all. So I literally had a sixteen-week um, opportunity to to train for the London Marathon. Right. Drew down a, a plan off the the internet. The good old internet was around in those days as well, and uh, and and then just did all my training on my own and wow. uh, followed a plan. Wow. Four weeks before it, put my back out, didn't run for four weeks, and then oh. uh, then ran the London Marathon. Yeah. And probably that was the best thing because I was fit and healthy when I ran it and uh, all right. and got around. It was That's a really, some really form good experience. Of, uh, tapering then is putting your back out. Yeah, put your back out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Enforced tapering, oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So and. and the experience of running that first London Marathon, did that kind of inspire you then to keep running afterwards? Completely, yeah. I mean, I, I, I really started running in um, about four years later when I was uh, early 40s. I kept struggling with the hip, left hip on the left side of my body and I was struggling to, to, to tackle and to twist. And at that age, really, the youngsters were starting to... Were you make, still playing football then? I was still playing football at 42, <laughs> oh, yeah, God, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, so I was struggling to keep up with the youngsters. So then I thought, right, I've got to keep fit. So, And I enjoyed the, the running and I'd always run after that London Marathon in an effort just to keep fit. So I decided that was going to be the new, the new thing. 
I have to have something to aim at. So I decided to enter a few local events just to give me an incentive to keep the training and give me something to to, to plan and train for. A bit like you with the classic quarter. It's a great incentive then knowing yeah. that you've got a, yeah. a goal to achieve. So I started running a few local events, then ended up meeting the same sort of people and you become part of that community, at which point I, I then joined Truro Running Club and... Uh, have been there a member now for the last sort of twelve years. Wow! And did you um, did you do any other marathons then? Have you before you sort of took on the ultra challenges? I did. Yes, I, I started really just um, running some of the smaller events. I particularly enjoyed the sort of half marathon to marathon distance, but then was drawn towards the the ultra events. But the first marathon I did was um, other than London was the Cornish Marathon here, which is a, oh. a fairly tough, uh, tough hilly right. marathon around sort of Liscard and Pensilver and Bobby yeah. Moore. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I then did several other marathons and, and slowly built up to, to decide that the, the ultra marathon yeah. was where I wanted to go. So uh, how, how far, how, how long ago since you kind of ran your first, what would be called an ultra, is an ultra marathon, an anything an, over an, a marathon? An ultra marathon is effectively anything longer than the marathon so distance. So it's 27 so re- miles, it's an ultra marathon. 27 upwards, right, absolutely okay. is an ultra okay. marathon. And I ran my first ultra marathon in 2012, which interestingly was the first year they ran the Roseland August Trail, the Rap Festival. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. that was, yeah. that was uh, I, I, I knew the guys at Mud Crew that were doing it, and I wanted to, to help them be part of that. So the first year, the longest they did was the 32, which is now known as the Black Rat. Yeah. Um, and so I entered and, and ran the Black Rat. Oh, wow. And so that was my first wow. ultra. So I trained for, towards that. Um, and uh, there's also a, a really good run called the Dartmoor Discovery, which is a 32-mile ultra in uh, starts in Princeton, runs down to I think it's Axe Bridge, uh, thirteen miles down, and then nineteen miles back up, um, <laughs> uh, and all on tarmac as well. And oh, I, right. I did that as part of the training. In fact, the same year as I first ran the classic quarter, so that right. was thirty-two miles, building up to the thirty-four miles. I used those ultra wow. events as a training program to, to get to where you're going next year <laughs> well year after yeah, yeah, year after, but, yeah. so you did you did three quite quickly then did you oh yeah i did um i did three within probably six or eight weeks of each other yeah so six got, or eight weeks yes yeah yeah so Goodness you build the training me. up and then i ran sort of three Right. Ultras within that sort of time. Frame. Oh right, because I, I I heard that you know once you've done one, you need about six months to recover and things like oh, that. Oh, the general rule of thumb is it's almost I think a a, a a week or a day for every mile that you run. So if you've done a forty mile race, you shouldn't effectively run properly other than basic loose training for the next 40 days but the problem with that is there's so many events going on and as you as you, as you get hooked on the, well, the bug say, then this sounds like you were really yeah. hooked in there yeah. oh i was hooked in yeah. I, I, the, the the community around the ultra running is very different to the sort of local grand prix racing yeah they're, they're really out and out races most of the the longer events have probably 10 or 15 people competing at the top end and everybody yeah. else is out to really enjoy the event, enjoy yeah. their surroundings and really just set themselves a personal challenge. And it's that yeah. personal challenge that that I enjoyed and that I wanted to pursue. Because what I found really interesting about running the, I did the White Rat, uh, yeah. as you know, the 11 mile yes. race. And some of my friends from the running club did the 20 and the 32. But what was interesting is that I remember one of the guys, Andy Williams, there you go, Andy, give you a shout out, but he would normally be well ahead of me in like any other race. Yeah. Because he did the 20, I caught him up 
Yes. Um, and, I, and, I, and I kind of went into the checkpoint where you were on duty, yeah, if you yeah, remember. Absolutely, Goran, yeah, yeah. Uh, not Goran Haven, right? Yeah, um, Penchuan, Penchuan. Yeah. And uh, we, we kind of arrived there together. And then I think I must have come out of the checkpoint before him. But yeah. um, he was about 15 minutes arriving at the end of the race after I'd finished. So I felt really good. I'd beaten him by 15 him. minutes, exactly, even yeah. though he'd had to do nine miles ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the really good thing with that festival, because they stagger the race distances and the start times, a lot of people are finishing from the different races yeah. at the same sort of time. And yeah. it just creates a fantastic atmosphere. Yeah. So anyway, here I am. I'm, I'm going to do this in 2021. I mean, so I'd like, to, you know, have you got some top tips you can offer me to help me uh, sort of like uh, get there? And because, you know, I'm, I, I, you know I'm, I'm all bravado about Absolutely. this at the moment. But behind the scenes, I'm thinking, oh, Christ, you know, am I going to am I going to die? You know, will I survive? You'll, you know, will you'll I be crippled for the rest of my life? You you'll know? survive, absolutely. <laughs> I think, I think probably the uh, the best tip and the first tip is um, on any ultra is set your plan out from day from minute one. So have an idea. So firstly, recce the course if you get an opportunity. Yeah, go yeah. and check the course out. It's you know, okay, it's a it's a coastal course. It's forty four miles, and effectively following the coastal footpath, keep the sea on the left, and you shouldn't really go wrong. <laughs> but there are three or four spots along the route where you could take a wrong turning, and that can a right. be a bit disorient disorientating disorientating even. Yeah. Um, and also it can be frustrating and, and, and you don't want to do that if you can avoid it. You can end up doing three or four. You know, in some cases, two or three miles too far if you're not oh. careful what you mean actually so, on, in the race itself? in the race itself oh, so recce the right. race because it's a, it's effectively a self-navigation it is marked as you go along but because it's following the coastal footpath there are a couple of um uh, places one coming out of Paranathno where you come up and you've got to turn left to get to Marazion and there's a couple of choices you could end up going inland slightly and okay. it's not really until you've done the best part of half a mile you think actually I'm not necessarily going in the right direction so the first thing is recce the course right and, and at make that sure you're comfortable point, with it need to stay left stay left just and, coming and, and out of just coming out of Paranathno yeah Perinothno. so just between sort of Prey Sands and Marazion there's right. a checkpoint there where you'll um, go in and have uh, an opportunity to replenish okay. your feed okay. stores and uh, and that sort of thing. So but stay left out, stay left out of the back of that. Stay okay. left out of that. Right. So, so, I should remember so, that. So if you get a chance, and what I tended to do often was I would I would walk the course. So, you know, I wouldn't necessarily run it. I would uh, over a period of time maybe uh, go and do one section, walk it, yeah. take a few hours, and then do do the next section on. So that I just had okay. a good understanding. And and when you're walking, you pay a little bit more attention to your surroundings. And yeah. So that's that's the one really good tip I can get. Okay. The second tip then is remember it's a long way. So <laughs> from the beginning, set yourself a plan. In my case, I would walk every hill, even the first one, because right, yes, the temptation okay. is to get wrapped up in the uh, the atmosphere oh, and the adrenaline yeah, is going, and you see the first hill, and you think, yeah. and 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 when you set off from Lizard Point, there are some quite steep hills quite early on, particularly okay. as you come up out of Kynance okay. Cove and, and and places like that. So. You know, if you run the flats and most of the downhills, you will still do a very good time. So the main thing right. is, walk is I would say, hills. walk the hills and and practice that as well, because walking and uh, and, and and running are two two slightly different elements. Yeah. And then also that's a good way to practice feeding and hydration, because I right. found that eating and drinking is easier when I'm walking slowly up a hill. Okay. And and do that. So so certainly I would say plan it and, and walk the hills. Yeah. Right from the start. What I'm what I'm thinking in my mind is, of course, is that I think when um when I do get to do it, um 
I know that one of the sort of things I'll be thinking about is, am I going to get to the checkpoints and get to the cutoff times? Yes. There are cutoff times, aren't there? There are cutoff times, absolutely. So, um, But as long as I sort of am moving in a sort of running style most of the way, I should... Absolutely. In all honesty, if if you walk the hills but you shuffle for want of a better expression, okay. slowly along the, 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 the flats and the downs, you'll be well within. You should still right. be well within the cutoffs. Okay. It's, a, it's a fairly generous cutoff. Um, the first year I did it, I think I finished in just over nine hours, and I think the cutoff was 15 hours or something okay. like that. So so the, it is quite a generous cutoff. Are there cutoffs on the course, though? There are, yeah. for the various yeah. um, uh, checkpoints. You've got to get to yeah. checkpoint one, checkpoint two, and checkpoint three within oh, a certain right. okay. time frame. But, okay. But again, those those are, are, are reasonably generous. I, I wouldn't think that you would um, you would. So are they are they predominantly designed to stop people just walking yes, the whole they're, thing? They're effectively designed to stop people walking and to ensure that you know at the end of the day you've got people giving up their time marshalling. Yeah. That they're not just out there forever and a yeah. day. I hope you're really enjoying this interview. If you'd like to come on the show and share your experiences, your expertise, and your top tips in any area of running particularly maybe around your journey to your first marathon or first ultramarathon, your training, including cross-training, anything you've got on clothing, shoes and equipment, eating and drinking prior to and on the run, motivation and mindset, injury prevention, dealing with injuries, etc. Any of those areas that you'd like to come and share your experience and expertise on, that would be fantastic. So please do get in touch and we'll fix up an interview to get you on the show. The best way to get in touch is to probably email me via trevor at trevorleemedia.co.uk and that's L-double-E for the Lee bit, so that's trevor at trevorleemedia.co.uk or connect with me on Facebook or LinkedIn. Okay, let's get back to the interview. Yeah, so you mentioned eating and drinking, so tell me a little bit, give me some advice about eating and drinking because well, you have to do a lot of that. The, 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 the two easy bits are eat before you're hungry and drink before you're thirsty. Right. Because okay. it's very easy to not drink enough. And when you're thirsty, it's too late. You should have been drinking okay. to avoid dehydration. So okay. what I tend to do is get into a situation of literally taking a few sips of the whatever liquid. And I, I'll tend to take one, which is water. And another one, which will have an electrolyte supplement in it to replenish yeah. the salts in, in yeah. your system, which you'll lose yeah. through sweating. So, um, but to sip regularly as you're going along, um, just to keep 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 it. Up. And when you get into the checkpoints, completely refill if you've got a bladder that pack that you use or yeah. soft flasks, whichever you use, fill those up. Okay, and make sure that you're always carrying a good supply of water because the checkpoints are a good. 10 or 11 miles apart so you're yeah. not going to get lots of opportunity to, to refill them so okay and what about what and, about and solid type of food then or gels well, or whatever eat, eat, I mean. what, eat what you like I, gels and then the sort of soft sweet sticky stuff tends to not do my stomach a great deal of good. Right, okay. i don't particularly like okay. that so so i will eat crisps i will eat salted peanuts i will eat uh peanut butter and chocolate spread sandwiches um <laughs> and are you I taking these pizza? with you or yeah you, yeah, yeah. I'll, t- I'll take these yeah. with me yeah. not not large amounts because you will have opportunities but the one thing the classic quarter is 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 really famous for is brilliant course fairly modest feed stations and oh, replenishes. Right. they'll have a few biscuits and some jelly babies and in all honesty for 44 miles that will not get you through yeah so you right. will need to carry but you can have um friends along the course 
or supporters and they might be at the various checkpoints and they can give you stuff to uh, replenish your supplies. Uh, so you shout. don't yeah. don't don't have to carry it all from from uh, the beginning right. to the to the finish. You can you can take on board. So having what what people call their crew. Their crew, exactly. <laughs> that's right. That's a good shout, yeah. is it? It's a great shout, yeah. yeah. It, it just just even if it's a, only at the halfway point so that you can just replenish right. um, okay. the the solids that you want to eat that, yeah. that you're comfortable with. And just again, practice with those because it yeah. takes a little bit of getting used to a lot of people. So I'm lucky I've never really had any issues with what I've eaten and, and any stomach or, or issues. Yeah. But some some ultra runners have quite significant ones because so far in my whole entire running career i've only ever eaten or taken the gels yeah and i'm, I'm now i'm now into the talk gels which are like i love the apple crumble and banoffee <laughs> pie and rhubarb and custard i i like real and i kind of save them up so that my favorite one is the last one i eat so it's yeah. a big reward for when i when you get to that distance close to yeah. that point but I obviously need to practice taking um, a more of a picnic hamper with me and um, with other foods. I think and, so. Um, I think gels are great, and particularly if you're running a, a fairly rapid race over a relatively short distance. When I say short distance, you know, half marathon or something like that, <laughs> then gels work really well. But for the longer distances, they won't, you know, for, 44 miles, you're going to be out a long time. You will have missed lunch. You might have missed dinner. Um, and, and a few gels in a couple of talk jars aren't, aren't sleep. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Aren't, aren't necessarily going to, uh, to, to fill you up. No. So, and I take um, uh, cheer charge flapjacks and things like that, which uh, are, are yes. just a bit more solid, but yeah. they, they're designed to be easy to digest yeah. and that sort of thing. Okay, so. well, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to the con, you know, for the concept of practicing eating while I'm running. I look yeah. forward to that bit. But um, the biggest tip I can give you is the course is clearly multi-terrain. It is mostly coastal footpath. But when you get to checkpoint three, and irrespective of the weather, whether it's good weather or bad weather, You'll want trail shoes for most of the course. Yeah. But if you've got crew, when you get to Peronuthno, change your shoes oh. and put road shoes on because the, the section from Peronuthno to Lamorna only involves about two miles of trail. The right. other nine miles is solid surface through Marazion on the road, Penzance Seafront, around Newlyn, oh, through to Mausol. Okay. And if you're running in trail shoes, you won't get the same support and protection on the underneath of your feet. Right. And and certainly most of the guys that have run it before will change their shoes at Peronuthno and then they'll go back to trail shoes when they get to the Lamorna checkpoint. And would you, um, what with your with your sort of, I need, I'm building up a big crew now, I need a chef. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. A, chef. a clothing person. Yeah, fashion Anybody designer. listening there wants to become yeah. part of the crew, bring your own big van. Um, would you change your clothes as well? You know, like your shirt or your I, socks? I, or I haven't, but some some people do. They, they'll yeah. like particularly maybe at the halfway point to just freshen their socks and, uh, yeah. and maybe change their shirt, but... I, don't I suppose you've got to take your bother. number off, haven't you? And well, yeah, or well, you can put your number on your shorts, on, ah, the, on the leg of your shorts, which shout. is often. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tend to put my number on the leg of my shorts then if you're changing that's a shirt a top. Shout. And also if it's pouring with rain shout. and you have to put a, a jacket on, you need your number at the finish. Yeah. The, the, the number is always visible yeah. on your shorts. Yeah, and I understand yeah. there's, a, there's a certain kit you have to take with you because uh, I know on the 20-mile route there was a big kit list. There is mandatory 11, we, kit. We kind of had nothing to do with you know, no, that's basic right. stuff. But the longer ones you will have. And that is... That is another tip is to practice with the kit right? Um, because you will have to carry a waterproof jacket even if you don't wear it. You will have to carry a certain capability to carry a certain amount of liquid. You will have to have um, a long sleeve 
top possibly in case you get cold you will have to have a foil blanket you will have to have a small um, first aid kit so there is quite a number so you need to practice running with that and more importantly you need to make sure before you get there that you've got it because they do check it usually halfway through leg two okay and if if you've not got the right kit disqualified oh so so um, it is it is uh, a practice with it b just make sure you've well got i'll the have right to be better at checking go. than i was earlier because this <laughs> we had to delay this interview for about seven or eight minutes well i got to andy's office and realized i hadn't brought the sd card to do the recording so I legged it into town and bought one and then came back so but <laughs> i don't think i'll be able to leg it into town and buy, a, buy something i've forgotten a foil blanket oh, oh, or oh no there so. are a couple of local um uh, running club uh, running shops um that, that that sponsor a lot of the local uh, races personal best yeah. and at your pace being too quickly and quite often they're at the start with the items people tend to forget <laughs> just available for purchase just in case so, so. but like you go to the hotel you ring down to reception and say i've forgotten my toothbrush absolutely you, you can kind of do that you can kind of pace. do that without your pacing right. with personal best right yeah. excellent and did you did you take any uh have you got you know photographs on the road because I'm, I'm 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 gonna record this run if i can work out how to yeah. let my phone will last that long to record it um, yeah i've um I, i've done uh, one where i hmm. took a gopro um sort of uh, sports camera and oh. and a recorded most of the race but again you know it won't tend to have a battery life unless you've got all the fancy charging kit etc to, to expand it but yeah yeah no i've taken phones stopped yeah. taking photographs i you know if, if like me trevor you're at the element of the the field where i'm not going to win it so actually if it takes me an extra two or three minutes to stop and take some yeah. nice photos and have a conversation with people and have a bit of fun then i'll, I'll do that yeah. along the way so well I, i'm going to use that as a as a way of distracting myself because i did that in the white rat um yeah. And it was a great distraction. Um, I was doing a bit of video, a bit of audio, and suddenly two hours have gone. Oh, and I've been I've been thinking about where am I going to, who am I going to talk to next, and um, and the time has just whizzed by. Uh, so uh, um, uh, interestingly, with the longer the ultra races, what I tend to find is that you will f- end up running with somebody who's not a dissimilar pace with you, and you may never have met them before, but by the end of the race, they may become your best friend, or right. you will know a lot about them. And certainly, my experience on the I did the plague, the 64 mile run oh, in yes. the Rat Festival, yeah. the first year that that was done. And um, I ended up a mile and a half in. I tagged up with three chaps from uh, from North Devon who I'd never met. And six years later, we're still very good friends. I ended Brilliant. up doing the whole event with Brilliant. them. And it, it did. The time flies. And um, and it's a really supportive community. Yeah. So. Well, I found that, you know, because I, I first did a marathon in 2005. I started a running diary in an old A4 book, a bit like you've got there, yeah. in 2003. And I've, I've listed every single run I've done since then, whether it be a training run, a park run, whatever. Yeah. And um, But they were all on my own. And they were all, you know, when I was going to events, I wasn't yeah. part of a club. But so I must admit, you know, I know you've been heavily involved with Truro Running Club for, you know, over a number of years and yeah. things like that. But joining that club as, as you know, I, I now get the camaraderie bit, you know, of running. Because yeah. I've, I've been a cricketer and I, I'm, cricket's a great team sport, although there's a, a lot of individual elements within it. And I think yeah. running is similar. Very um, similar in many and, respects, um, yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. Been, that's been great. So... Brilliant. Well, this is this is fantastic stuff, Andy. I really appreciate it. Any any final sort of um, top tips that you wanna you wanna pass my my direction? Because I I mean I will be tapping you up for lots more as we go along uh, between my journey now. But for this particular podcast interview, yeah, I think the main thing is you know. Uh you will get niggles during training. There will be slight injuries. Don't worry, they will heal. Right. Um, and, <laughs> okay. uh, and 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 whatever happens, 
when you when you stand on the start line, whatever the weather, I can assure you, you'll enjoy the day. So don't worry about it, and uh, and and run with a smile. If you run with a smile, everybody around you will will, will, will smile, and the support from everybody will be there. Yeah. So 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 never panic, and uh, and you'll reach the end. Great. Of the well, I, I am looking forward to it. I, the uh, white rat I ran this year was by far and away the most enjoyable run race yeah. I'd had this year. It was just great fun. And uh, well, listen, Andy, that's. Really great. I really appreciate your time. No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for your contributions. And I'm going to have to go and listen to my own podcast several times (laughs) and write down all the tips that you've given me. uh, No, it's been a pleasure. I'm I'm delighted to to have helped and uh, and, and the best of luck with all the future podcasts. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So if if anybody's listening out there and you'd like to come on the podcast and like Andy, share your top tips with me, whether that be about running technique or nutrition, hydration, training, mental preparation kit whatever it is that would be fantastic um i can uh, arrange to come and see you and interview you or we can maybe do it over zoom which is a kind of skypey thing um so you best way to get in touch with me is via trevor at trevorleemedia.co.uk or connect with me on on facebook or linkedin so there we go so thanks very much for listening if you enjoyed the show please do share this podcast and you can subscribe to it for free on your podcast app so you don't miss any of these episodes that would be fantastic but um once again andy goundry thank you very much you've been a brilliant guest fantastic tips thank you very much indeed much appreciate your your time my pleasure thoroughly enjoyed it thank you good luck thanks very much everybody That's it for another episode of 44 at 60. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please do leave a review on your podcast app or wherever you download the podcast from. And we hope you've been inspired to get your running shoes on.